Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Good evening, everybody. I know that if you are here tonight, you love the Lord. I can tell you that. I said to Daniel, I said, I'll tell you this. If you want to pack the house tonight, you better hire Jesus to speak because that's about the only person going to bring a crowd in on a beautiful day like this. So what a beautiful day we were given outside, enjoyed much of it myself. And so it's good to be back with you tonight. And I'm going to continue talking to you about this little stool. I'm not going to assume that everybody in here heard uh, the message this morning. I'm sure some of you volunteer in children's ministries or in youth ministry. So I want to take a moment and share with you why I'm talking about this stool. Uh, The message I'm sharing with you tonight, I actually shared with my staff a week or so ago because I want to prep them for the days that I believe are coming. And with this being a Sunday night uh, crowd, I'm going to be real forthright and honest with you. I realize some people are probably watching online, but I also want to just share with you that I believe being solid as an individual is critical for the days that are coming for us in our nation. I believe that you personally, knowing why you believe what you believe, standing strong in the Word of God, is critical for you to be able to be a lifelong follower of Christ. I say this partly because, you know, I travel around the country and speak, and one of the guys way more well-known than me that travels the country, if I said his name, you know him. He has recently said he doesn't believe the Old Testament applies anymore. He's not going to be teaching from it anymore. And I'm looking going, wow, you were you like a guy I look to and I love to listen to your messages, but I can't anymore because they don't align with what I believe God's word teaches. The message I shared this morning is an Old Testament message and it applies perfectly to the world we live in today. The king and what was going on in that nation is almost identical to what's going on in our nation. I feel in the times that we're in, we're continuing to see a falling away from the power of God's word and what God's word stands for. And as a minister of the gospel of Christ, I don't get to come up here and just preach what makes your itching ears happy. My responsibility is to teach the word of God to you like it or not. I quite often say to people who say, you should agree with what culture is doing and say the things culture says. I said, do you not understand? It would be a lot easier for me to go, yeah, that sounds good because then everybody will like me. I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to present you the truth from God's word. And I'm going to continue to do that. Now, understand this. This is so critical that I say this. I said to our staff, we might be hated We might be hated, but we do not respond with hate. This is going to be a very challenging thing. We respond with love. Christ never responded with hatred. He spoke truth, but he was kind. And I was talking to somebody the other day who said to me, all right, we got to get our fight ready. I said, what does that mean for you? Well, we're going to go after them. And I was like, that's not what God's word teaches. God's word teaches us to be kind to speak truth, and to be faithful in doing what, his, what Jesus modeled for us. That's going to be the challenge. I realize I'm talking to some people in here who may go, but we got to go mm, fight with love. Fight with love. We're called to live a different life. 
And so I'm prepping my staff at Winning and Home to be prepared for days that will be difficult. To be able to stand strong in why they believe and what they believe and how they believe and living that life out and passing it to the next generation if the Lord allows that. And so today, the reason I'm talking to you about having a sturdy stool and making sure in your life you're solid is because, let me just tell you, your kids need to see that. You need to live this way. As a pastor, I hope when you see me on a personal level or find out things about my life, though they're not all perfect, you go, but he's pretty sturdy. He's standing strong, and that strength does not come from him. I can tell you that. My strength comes from the fact that I've trusted these areas of my life, my mind, my body, and my spirit to the Lord. His word teaches that. And so today I want to start by just having you analyze yourself. Think about your mind, your mental health today. If 10 is great and 1 stinks, don't yell it out and don't tell me your neighbors. <laughs> but think about where are you? How strong would you say you are mentally as a person can you withstand the enemy's attack against you think about that leg of your life are you solid are you strong if you're a five or a six you're in that medium range you need to tighten it up physically i'm not one who points at people's body types and all that we're all different shapes and sizes all the people in my family were given different bodies i have two boys one of my boys can eat about anything the other one can't eat hardly anything and he gains a lot of weight it's just the way he's made so i don't say you have to look a certain way i'm asking you are you caring for your body are you doing your best to keep it in shape so that God's calling on your life you can fulfill because you're going to try your best to honor him with your body? And then your spirit, your time in God's word, the time that you spend seeking his word. I said this morning, it was one of the points I was wanting to leave and I hope, I hope people took it this morning. I hope you remember it as soon as I say it. God is never far from his word. Spend time in it. Those three legs, if I drew the stool and said to you, okay, imagine one of your legs is three inches longer. I shared this this morning, but I want to repeat it. If one leg on here was three inches longer and you sat on that stool for eight hours, your back's going to hurt. And in life, when something in our life gets out of balance, it's why we kilter, it's why we struggle, it's why we sometimes don't do things as well as we would like to. And I'm challenging you with this message from this morning and tonight. I'm trying to get these legs in proper proportion so that you can live a balanced life. Because I can tell you, I can tell you just from my own personal life, I've become more balanced in the last 10 years. I've become way more balanced. And let me just say something to you. For my family, it's been so much more healthy. I bring solidity and peace to my family. There were times I brought a little bit of this, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of imbalance. I'm working really hard. And when I'm in the room, they go, you can count on dad. He's pretty solid. He's pretty steady. And I realize I have seven grandchildren now. And as I spend time with them, some of them deal with hard stuff. And I just sit and talk to them about, how you doing? What are you feeling? What kind of thoughts are you having about yourself? 
And some of you know some of my circumstances. And one of the things I said to my 10-year-old grandson the other day was I said to him, I want you to know, God being my helper, I want to be steady for you in your life. If you ever need me, I just want you to know I'm here seeking to be steady. And I want you to know we're riding in a golf cart. I said, I want you to know Papa is steady because he spends a lot of time with Jesus. And I want him to hear those words. Because he's growing up in this world that's going to try to rip those legs off of him and make his life insecure and unsteady. So what I'm going to do tonight is the same thing I did with my staff. I shared with them. I have six things here I want to share with you. I think it's six. Yep, six things I want to share with you about how to keep this the stool of your life, how to keep it steady. Because if I took time to bring you up here tonight, everybody, though you may have good lives, everybody's got something. Everybody in here has got something in your family. You go, that could be better. That situation could be easier. We all have it. Then if you don't have it, you should be up here preaching. Because I actually used those things from my life. The Lord laid out early in my ministry. The Lord was like, share your issues. Because people will relate to it and understand that it's our hope in the Lord that really gives us hope, period. And so tonight, what I want to do is very simple. I want to give you these six principles that I shared with my staff that I told them, if I die in the next few days, carry these things forward. They will help you have a sturdy mounted stool that people will be attracted to. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I love people who I can count on. I love the people in my life that when I go to them and bring some up, they're not all flippy floppy. They're just, mm, they're solid. And I want to be that person. I want to be that kind of preacher that when you hear me, you go, there's no ifs, ands, buts about these messages straight from God's word and it's straight in your face. Perfect. That's a solid sermon. Like I said this morning, if I offend you, good. This book is offensive. This book makes me have to change. This book doesn't say, live how you want to live, Dan. No, this book is straight up challenging me to become a better man. So the word of God is offensive. And so tonight, if I offend you, good. I want to. I want you to be challenged so that you leave going, I got to grow in the Lord. That's what it's about. We come to church for that reason. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm just going to say a few more things. I told my staff I'm really concerned. There's some churches I speak at. They've gone the way of the world. They're, they're teaching things that are not from God's word, and I won't be going back to those churches because I don't agree with that. I'm not going to be a part of a church that says God's word is not inerrant and it's not infallible. This is God's word. I can stand on it because if we start changing that, then the church goes the way of the world. And in the church, I'll, let me just rant for a while. In the church, we've become too focused on making God buddy-buddy. We want, well, we want everybody to feel welcome. And yeah, I do want everybody to feel welcome, but I also want them to know God's Word challenges us. God's not our buddy. God's our God. And He's majestic and awesome. Your buddy ain't majestic and awesome. God is majestic and awesome. And I want my children and grandchildren to grow up going, I need to revere God and who he is because he's my creator. He put all this together. So that's kind of where my heart is and why I want to teach these little principles to you. The principles are very simple. The first one is this. I want you to make sure in your life you're following Christ's path. You say, Dan, really? Yeah, just listen to me. 
follow Christ's teachings and follow his path. I just had a friend who was over in Jerusalem at the Holy Land and visiting all those places. And one of the things that came back was some teachings from a rabbi there who said them, we are in our world and in our day, everybody's looking for a new teaching. Something that kind of scratches our back a little bit, makes us feel good about ourselves. We don't need new teaching. We need obedience to the teaching we've already had. Jesus already set the way. We don't need to come up with a new path to get to God the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The question is not, are, are you, you know, creating a new path? The question is, is the path that you're on, the path that you're following tonight as followers of the Lord on Sunday night, you're all followers of the Lord, is it, you ready, a fruit-bearing path? Is your life... A fruit-bearing life. You say, what does that mean? Well, let's just talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Is there love, joy, patience, peace, long-suffering, kindness? Is that, if I went to your family and said, hey, does so-and-so that, that Sunday night they were with me at church, does their life exhibit this, 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 and this with the people in your family? Go, oh, oh yeah. Then you're on a fruit-bearing path. You're living the way God would want you to live. Today, if I hung out with you all day, would, people, would I say, you bore fruit today. The people who met you, saw you, etc., they saw something in your life that's contagious. Of course we don't do that all the time. We're human beings. We're fallen. But that's the goal, is to leave a legacy of fruit-bearing trees of your life. And the more you do that, the more people want to be around you. And the more people want to learn from you. The more your kids and grandkids admire you and look up to you. I'm not saying this is easy. We live in a world that constantly tells us, do what you want to do. Be who you are. Make yourself happy. That's not what God's Jesus and God's way of teaching is. Jesus' life was not about himself. Jesus was life that he lived for us in sacrifice. And that's our hero. That's our leader. That's the way. We spend so much time, I do, working to get comfortable. I've got a little golf cart. I was sitting on it the other day, and the seat's getting kind of, mm. And I was like, I need a new golf cart because this one's not as comfortable as I want it to be. We don't spend our life going, I need more discomfort. No, we spend life chasing comfort. Well, in that comfortable setting that we chase, are you getting comfortable in your faith? Are you trying to make your faith where it's like, you know what? It doesn't rub me on any spot. I don't have any rough edge. I'm just smooth. I'm able to do, I can do what I want to do, live how I want to live, say the things I want to say. That's not Jesus' way. That's not Jesus' way. Jesus' way is a sacrificial way. There are times, even this week, if I could have responded to a couple of people the way I wanted to, it would not have been pretty. And it's a good thing I'm 62 and not 30 anymore because I respond differently. Just a couple of times, I literally did this motion. And my family knows what that means. Papa's got some things he wants to say, but he's controlling himself. Oh, one of the fruits of the Spirit, self-control. Do you have that? It's the Jesus way. It's not an easy way. There's a reason there's not as many people at church on Sunday night. 
You're saying tonight by coming here, challenge me, push me, I want to grow. That's not the way of the world. The way of the world is don't push me, let me do what I want to do. I'm free, love. It's false. It's fake. And Jesus' way is true love. It's sacrificial. And I challenged my staff. If Winning at Home is going to continue to be a God-fearing company, then individual by individual, we need to be adhering to what God's Word says. And I say the same thing about you at Res Life. If Res Life is going to continue to follow the inerrant Word of God, it'll come down to individual by individual, us choosing to do it. It's a choice. We can choose tonight to follow His way, or we can come up with a new, they call it, enlightened path. And I tell you that my friend who is doing that teaching, he's not enlightened. He's losing his way because he's following his own thinking and things that make people happy. And that's not the goal of this world. And this is hard teaching. This isn't easy. You're not laughing. You're not leaving going, oh, that was fun. This isn't fun. But I believe my responsibility as a minister of gospel is to speak truth to you. Because in the end, I will be accountable for did I speak truth or did I just make you feel good? So I want you to leave here tonight and I want you to follow his path. His path. Again, the question is not whether something is right or wrong. That's opinion. The question is, is my life bearing fruit? That's what you need to ask yourself. Secondly, second thing I would say to you is be solid in knowing why you believe what you believe. Does the teaching that you hear and the things that you know, do they align with God's word? I'm, I'm just telling you, in the world we live in, you cannot assume when you hear a preacher that the preaching's from God's word. Line it up. Match it up. Know this book for yourself. I remember... And I've shared this with you, but when I first started reading and studying the Bible, that wasn't easy for me. I'm not the most intelligent person in the world. I remember reading stuff, and in college, the professor would say, read this book. Well, it was a book by Charles Spurgeon. If any of you know Spurgeon's teaching, when I was 21, 22, I'm trying to read Charles Spurgeon. I didn't even know what the words meant. And God's word was the same kind of feeling for me. I would try to read it and go, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Now, obviously, there are some Bibles that have been written, written like the Living Bible that makes it a little easier to understand. But I'll tell you this, and it's not because I'm old. It's because of the amount of time I've spent in it. The more you read God's Word, the more it comes alive. And then the next thing that happens is, this is a really weird one, you actually begin to crave it. When I go without this Word, something's missing. I could check myself and go, you know, I haven't read the word today. I haven't spent any time seeking the Lord today. I keep it on my phone. I have a place on my phone where I go and read the Bible when I want to read it. And it just, it's just like, I've discovered that the more you, you eat it and the more you consume it, the more you want it. Amen. And if you say, I'm not there yet, Dan, I don't do that yet. Spend some time there. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to start reading tonight and then wake up tomorrow going, man, I need more of God's word. You're not. It's just not going to happen that way. I'm talking years. Uh, I read a quote from Charles Spurgeon last night, and I understand it. 
And I think part of that is because I've spent more time with it. And usually a person's response to the word of God, to me, when I hear them speak of the word of God, their words will reflect maturity or not. Immature people will make fun of the word. It doesn't apply. It doesn't fit. I tell you again, the story I shared this morning is almost identical to what's going on in our world today. It matches up so perfectly because we're human beings, so we repeat cycles. We may not have all the different instruments that in our day they had in that day and that day and this day. That changes. Culture changes. But the stories, we repeat history. So the principles of the Bible apply perfectly to our lives. But it takes discernment to understand that. And I want you to be so solid in your personal study of God's word, in your own time with it, that you sometimes even hear a teacher. If I share something, you go, that doesn't align with God's word. Perfect. Call me out for it. Your ability to know God's word depends on your time of wanting to study it. And I want you to make sure you invest time there. That time... um, You know, Jeanette said it when she was leading worship. She said, his word does not return void. You will not spend time in it and then later go, oh, that was a waste. No, you'll waste lots of time chasing a new golf cart because they break down. But this never breaks down. And this is what makes me more solid and sturdy. And I see that now. I didn't get that at 30. It's coming into view better. And some of you who are younger, you might look and go, I don't get that. Spend time and let the Lord begin doing that. It's only taken me 32 years. It'll come in time. Invest time in his word. Third, if those who are near to Jesus, if those who are near to Jesus and spent time with him 24-7 could fall away, then understand you're not immune to it. Don't think you've made it into the kingdom of God. Don't get cocky and arrogant about what you know about God's word. Make sure you're investing time in it. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be on your guard. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Proverbs 14, 12. Just a couple of verses that remind us we need to have God's care and God's provision all the time. Let me tell you a simple way I apply that in my life. It's probably been four years, maybe five, four years, five years ago. The Lord laid on my heart that I was to pray every day by my, for my family and my children and my grandchildren by name. Every day I pray to the Lord with Jane. I do it with Jane. We're together either on the phone. She's out of town today, so we were on the phone. Did it in between services today. I pray for every one of my children by name, asking the Lord's grace, protection, and care over them, and that they would be strong in their faith and have hearts for the Lord and not fall away from Him. I pray for it every day because the Lord laid that on my heart. You don't have to do it my way, but let the Lord speak into you what it means for you to pray for that to happen for you and for your family. Because in the world we live in, there is going to be falling away. There are going to be people who choose to not follow the paths of the Lord. And I'm praying that my children will not fall into those traps. And I'm praying that I will not fall into those traps. 
one of Jesus' personal disciples, walked with him every day, saw the miracles daily, watched Jesus sacrifice, serve, and give his life. And that disciple walked away from Jesus. If that can happen in his day, in his time, witnessing that, we are not immune. Keep your guard up. Keep your life in order. Work hard to make sure you're careful. Because Satan loves to sneak up and deceive us. The fourth thing I wrote down is this. Present Jesus to others in a very clear way and explain to him why he is the path to peace. Do not be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God Almighty. So I want to say this to you. Something I have learned about myself, even within, within my own family, in my extended family, there are people who do not serve the Lord. There are people who are not following after the Lord. I love them. They love me. They still, they'll listen to my sermon. Might have listened to me this morning. Might be listening to me tonight if you're recording this. But I have family members who have just chosen to not follow the Lord. They'll listen to me. They'll talk to me about it. But they will not follow him. And that used to really weigh on me. The Lord has freed me of that. It's one of the ways I've gotten more sturdy. It's not my responsibility to save people. Somebody in here needs to hear this. It's not your job to save people. You present the truth. And then trust the Lord to do the work. The pressure is not on you to save because you can't save. You share the truth and then move on to where the Lord would have you go and share. When I was in college, and those of you who may be studying for ministry, Daniel, you might have done this too. A lot of people I meet do this. When I was in college, I remember one of my classes, a professor talked to us about witnessing and sharing our faith in the Lord. And one day sitting in class, I started doing this little mathematic thing where I'm like, oh, wow, if I shared my faith with one person, two people got saved. Then multiply that times two, that's four. And not, I'm not talking about exponentially, I'm just going by two. Four times two, that's eight. Eight times two, 16. I started adding up how long it would take to save the whole world. <laughs> a little over a month, you got it done. I remember sitting in class going, what are we doing? We got to get out there and save the world. We can do it in 34 days. <laughs> and I remember my professor looking at me like, that's, that's good. Thank you for sharing that, Dan. I appreciate it. <laughs> He'd lived in the real world a while. There are people who hear the word of the Lord and their hearts are hard. I talked about her this morning, Jezebel. She witnessed Ahab and her witnessed the miracles of God. Hard hearts. No desire to know it. If Jesus of Nazareth was on the earth for 33 years, and not everybody came to know him as Lord and Savior. I need to be a realist about my own faith and my sharing of faith. Not everyone in my family may choose to follow after the Lord. It's not on me. It breaks my heart. I don't look forward to doing their funerals. But it's not my responsibility to save people. I present the truth. And then I leave it in the Lord's hands. And somebody here tonight, you carry too much of a burden for that. And you say to yourself, in fact, you know what you did? This morning after I preached, because I used to do this, oh, I wish so-and-so was here to hear that. <laughs> right? I'm going to get a copy of that and send it to them. That's another way I can sneak in. 
the Lord is the one who woos the heart. There is a young lady sitting in here tonight that if I go back 10 years, she wouldn't have been in here, but the Lord has wooed her heart. My Anna is that girl too. She was at church this morning, sitting in the back, told me, just sent me a text. This is the Anna, if I go back 10 years ago, she wouldn't have been in this church. She called all you people a lot of names. I won't even tell you what she called you. Hope it goes well tonight. I was going to be back there, but I can't. Elisha and I are home. We're really tired. But I wanted to tell you, it was a great sermon today, and I love you. See, only the Lord can do that. I tried to do that for years. Send her tapes, CDs, whatever you could find. Download this. And then the Lord works on her heart, and doggone, it changed. And I want to say to you, um, those people, that's why I pray for my children by name. Lord, today, I put this, I name them all. Lord, I put them in your hands today because if I try to fix this, I'm going to be worn out by tonight. So I lay it in your hands again. Would you woo my children's hearts toward you? Here's a prayer for my grandchildren right now. You ready? It's one of the prayers I pray every day for my grandkids after I say all their names. God, give them a heart that wants to seek you. That's the prayer. Give them a heart that's in tune with hearing your words. I can't do that. It's the best prayer I can pray for them. So I challenge you today to present Christ, present the truth, and then move on. Because some of you listening, somebody listening right now is worn out. You're not the Savior. You speak truth and trust it to the Lord. Then next, number five, and let me tell you how I related that to our staff, number four. I told them, because they're all counselors and coaches, and I said to them, you guys are great, you're clinicians, you have brilliant ideas, but if you just tell them the good things they want to hear and give them great advice and don't give them Jesus, well, you're doing the same thing the world does. Give them Jesus, because he's the difference. Add Jesus into your formula, and then you really accomplish helping people. Number five, Somebody needs to hear this too. You ready? Number five, be content where the Lord has you. Oh, mercy. You say, Dan, how do you know that people in the room are discontent? Uh, We're humans. We're humans. And I'm one, my personality, I live five years ahead. Like I already, I spend most of my time thinking about what's five years from now going to look like. What do I need to think about, talk about, et cetera. And sometimes because my mind works that way, I can get discontent and go, well, I want this. I need all this stuff different. Sometimes Jane will say to me, can we just have a day where we do nothing? We don't try to accomplish anything. Just a day where we chill. I need to hear that. Because sometimes I can get discontent in my spirit going, we haven't done enough of this. We aren't, just Relax. And there's some of you like me, you get what I'm saying. And I have been discovering this has really been good for me mentally. My mental leg, it's been really good for me to go, just today, accept the fact that this is where you are and where the Lord has you. Live here peacefully today. It's why he said in his prayer, give me this day my daily bread. He didn't say, give me this day my daily bread and stick a little supply in the closet for tomorrow. He didn't say that. Live today, do it well, one day at a time, and that mentally will help somebody here. Because you work so far ahead that you feel like I'm always behind. You're good. 
and I'm learning this, it's made me a lot more peaceful, a lot easier to be around, a lot more content with where the Lord has me. I will always plan for the future because I always try to think ahead. What, what's the church going to need? What's people going to need? What's God going to need from us? Then I need to be prepared for that, but I'm not there yet. I got to live here today. And you being content with where the Lord has you is very, very helpful. I love this, Colossians 3, 2. I shared it this morning. Set your eyes on things above, not on earthly things. Earthly things maketh discontent. Everybody in here tonight, if I brought you up here, I could ask enough questions and find a place in your life where you're discontent with something. Your car, your house, your friends, your spouse. I can find somewhere you're discontent. Your contentment doesn't come from those people. It comes from your relationship with the Lord. He's the only one can give me contentment. Seek that. Get your eyes and mind on him. Focus on things above. That will give you a better perspective. Anytime that I've lost that perspective, that's when I struggle. The sixth thing I wrote down was this. When he speaks something into your heart... Obey it. Obey it. And let me, let, me, let me add this. Without need of recognition. I see a lot of people in the church. They'll do something, but they need a little recognition for it. Just do it. Just do it because it's straight up obedience. I apply this to my marriage. A few years ago, I decided I was going to change something to make Jane's life a whole lot better. A spirit about myself, my own issues. I decided without even saying anything, I said to her, I'm going to fix that about me. Because I don't want you to live with that little restlessness toward me. I'm going to fix that. So I started fixing it. And I worked on it for, I've been working on it now for many years, but at least a couple of years I worked on it. And I found one day myself so frustrated because she was not giving me recognition for changing it. And she said, why are you aging today? Because you don't recognize how smart I work to make it good for you. She's like, so you need recognition for growing? Yeah. That's not really doing it for the right reason. I need to do it because the Lord has shown me a place in my life I need to change and grow. And, and, and I need to just do it to honor him. Listen, listen, if he sees it in me, that's all the recognition I need. I don't need any more recognition. If God the Father did it for me and sees it in me, that's good enough. And if you're a person who you like awards and accolades... It's probably a good point for you. You need to change some of that. Because we do what we do out of obedience to the Lord. With quietness. With stillness in our spirit. And I'm just telling you, the more you do it and the more you practice these things, the more sturdy you get, the more solid you get. And again, the message title this morning and tonight is Solid Living. I just... I just want you to leave and live solid, secure in who you are in the Lord. Not looking for man's recognitions or charms or, or delights, but just being solid in Jesus. 
It changes things. I'm literally a living testimony of it. Even as I preach this message, there's just a joy in my spirit. The Lord, thank you for teaching me some of these things. I had this out of whack and I had a stool that was imbalanced and I was tired and my back hurt all the time. And now that I'm getting some of these things figured out, I'm just more peaceful. And I give the Lord all the glory for that. And I don't need any recognition for it. I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm just telling, standing up here as I'm preaching the message, there's an inner peace in me as I'm preaching, just going, that's so good, Jesus, because that's you. And I want you to experience. It's like my heart tonight is coming out going, I want you to experience these things. Somebody here, you're just living up evil and you live in this frustrated and you're frantic and you're chasing and you're tired and you're weary. And I'm saying to you, stop striving so hard. Find your peace in the Lord. Look at the sturdiness of your life. Check your legs. Are they balanced? Your body, your soul, and your spirit. Are they balanced? Work at one of them. Get it in better shape. No, you're going to have some days where you get rocked. That's the world. But you will be stronger and steadier in it. And that's my challenge for you tonight is that you would just grow deeper in your faith. And I shared this with my staff because I said to them, I need to know that all of you are solid. I need to know that you're a team that's going to go make a mark for Jesus Christ. And it comes down to us individually doing that. Same thing here tonight. I can say all this stuff, but if you go home and just go, yeah, that was good. I like that. I didn't do this for you to go, I like that. That's not what I preach. I preach for you to be challenged to grow deeper in your faith. Deeper in your walk with Christ because your family needs steady. The Lord is looking for a few steady men and women, boys and girls, who will follow after him in a world that is chaotic. And I'm challenging you to be those people. Res Life Sunday night folks, committed people. You aren't here by accident. You're here because you looked at your clock and said, I want to be there. Proud of you for that. And I want you to grow in that. And I want you to grow in your knowledge and understanding of God's word. And I finished this night the same as I finished this morning. God is never far from his word. Spend time in it. And my challenge to you is just to keep growing deeper in your faith. I'm going to pray over you. Pastor Daniel will come up and close us out. Thank you for listening. Today, I've been pretty serious this morning and tonight. I got to tell you, I think my messages are going to take more of a serious twist in the days ahead. Because I'm responsible to teach you and to guide you in the truth. So, Lord, tonight, I pause to pray over this group that came to grow in you. We, we all got a stool. And some of our legs are out of whack. And we need to be reminded that you kept your life in order even with people chasing you. You kept your life in order even hanging on a cross. You kept your life in order. So give us strength to be more like you. Give us strength to stay on this path you gave us. Help us not to drift off course. Watch over the kids that are sitting in this service. I saw a few kids sitting here. I pray, Lord, these words will connect with their heart that they will just want to be steady for you. Help them to grow up and to be solid, to be ministers of the gospel just in the way they live and act. Help their lives to stay balanced. Protect them, put angels around them. And we thank you for this day. 
We've sought to teach solid truth from your word. I pray you would anoint it and you would bless it. And all of us would be better because of it. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we say, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.